The reading this evening is Psalm 100, which is page 604 in the Church Bibles. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. Great, well, uh, can I encourage you to keep, uh, keep Psalm 100 open um, and let me pray as we come to look at that together. Loving Father, this is quite a familiar psalm in many ways uh, and yet so often we find it very hard to sing this song and the words don't seem to resonate with our hearts. So please would you mould and shape our hearts um, by the work of your Spirit uh, and send us out from here thankful people and thanking you for all that we have in you. Uh, please teach each of us now as we look at this short psalm together. Amen. Amen. Uh, just have a look down at Psalm uh, 100 again. There are two commands, really, that come in this short psalm. Uh, do you see in verse 1 and 2, there's the first set of commands. Uh, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. And then you get another set of commands in verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. But what do you do with a psalm like that? Uh, What's the problem with just reading those commands? If you're responding in your own heart, why sometimes is it hard to sing that song? Shout some stuff out if you like. Yes, brilliant. That's a bit of honesty. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like I can thank God like that. (coughs) No one ever found it difficult to thank God and to praise him. Sometimes you just don't really feel like it. Um, maybe life weighing you down, bogged down with the situation you're in, and it may be a very serious difficulty, um, but it just means that it's very hard to lift your eyes above your immediate struggles, just not getting through the next day or the next hour. Um, it can be really hard to sing, and sometimes when you come to songs like this, it, it can be frustrating, because you read these songs and think, well, there must be something wrong with me then as a Christian, because I can't sing this song because I'm not always thankful, I don't always feel like praising God. One of the things I love about the Psalms is they're hugely robust. I I know there have been times in my life when I've really been struggling, and the Psalms are the only bit of the Bible I've been able to read in that moment. And I love the way that the Psalms are very real, because what the Psalms give us is the prayers and songs of a person who isn't neat and sorted. You can read the Psalms when you're struggling. You can read the Psalms when you're down. You can read the Psalms when you're alone. You can read the Psalms when you're doubting. They're not songs of sorted Christians who have everything right and just say, oh, praise God, because nothing in the world ever gets difficult. They're really robust Psalms that are earthed in real-life situations, and therefore they really cut with us when we're struggling. I love that about them. But interestingly, in this Psalm, we get these two sets of commands, praise God, give thanks to him, and we say, yeah, but I can't always do that. I find it very hard for my heart to sometimes thank God. But what this psalm does is, very helpfully, it corrects 
us by giving us the real reason why we're to be thankful. And you notice, the reasons given in the psalm aren't our feelings. Praise God, that's the command, and you go, yeah, I don't feel like it. But the amazing thing in this psalm is it says it's not about the way you feel. Because if you think about your feelings, your feelings will go up and down all the time. Some days you'll be on a bit of a spiritual high, some days you'll be really, really struggling and doubting. Your, your feelings and my feelings undulate like a wave. But the reasons that this psalmist gives for us to praise God and thank him are so much more robust and solid and permanent than our feelings ever could be. Do you see what they are? Verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. That is a pretty solid statement, isn't it? That can't change no matter what circumstance we face in our life. And then look at verse 5, the second solid statement. Know that the Lord is good. And that doesn't change no matter what our circumstance. Perhaps feels like it sometimes. But here it's amazing because this psalm challenges us and you say, I can't sing the psalm until you're reminded of the reason the psalmist gives for thanking and praising God. It's not about our feelings. It's about truths of who he is. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I think I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago in a talk, a 20th century um, theologian and pastor, he said this, I don't know if this resonates with your heart, but he said, often we pray for the big things and forget to give thanks for the ordinary small and yet really not that small gifts. Is that true for you? Because if that is true, and it's often true for me, what that really means is we're treating God a bit like a magic genie. And when I'm struggling, I cry out to him. And he wants to hear our prayers when we struggle, but that's the only time I cry out to him. When I'm struggling, I need him. And yet, sometimes we're so quick to do that, that we're so slow just to thank God for the little things in life that actually aren't that little at all. The fact that each of us lives in a warm home. The fact that we never ever go hungry. The fact that we have loving family and a loving, supportive church around us. Simple blessings that we just kind of take for granted. Um, William Wordsworth, who was the famous uh, 18th century romantic poet, I don't believe that he was a believer, but he once wrote, Rest and be thankful. I remember a time uh, last week when I was in a meeting in the church and I came out of the meeting and my mind was just buzzing with all the sort of action points of what we had to do off the back of the meeting. It was a great meeting but this came out really full and I realised that I'd just been rushing around from one thing to the next. And I walked home down, down the road to where we live uh, and there's the fields out this way um, looking out to the Tilton Hills and I walked past that, that place every day. But it was the first time in probably two weeks that I just stopped. I just looked out over the field and the sun was shining on my face and the wind was blowing in my hair and I just slowed completely down and it was the most incredible moment. It was so simple but I just stopped and was able to be thankful and just by saying, wow, this is incredible, my heart suddenly turned into prayers of thankfulness to God as I went home and it completely changed my day and it was just a moment. But perhaps sometimes we aren't thankful people because we don't actually give ourselves space in our life to be thankful because our minds are so focused on getting to the next thing and achieving the next thing that we never stop to thank God for the amazing blessings he blesses us with every single day that are all around us but we're just blind to them well if you jump back to the psalm just want us to focus on the middle, middle verse, verse 3 know that the Lord is God because in, in that little phrase, there are two different names that are used for God, and these two different names remind us of two reasons why we're to be thankful. Can you just stick these up, please, Grant? 
Here come the two names. Do you see that? Lord is in capitals in your Bible, and then God is in lowercase. Well, Lord there, when it's in capitals, is a translation of one of the Hebrew names for God, Yahweh. And then God there is a translation of another Hebrew name for God, Elohim. And they mean different things, and they remind us and give us a good reason to thank God. You see, in this psalm, Yahweh, Lord, in capitals, comes four times. Because the psalmist wants to remind us who God is. Uh, Yahweh is God's covenant name. It's the name that's linked to the promises of God. And it's the name that is behind our salvation, if we're Christian believers. That God is faithful to his promises. So in times when you don't really feel like thanking God, think about that truth. Know that the Lord, Yahweh, is God. Because when you remember that name, you remember all that comes with that name. God is a God who makes promises. God is a God who has rescued you. God is a God who has given you his spirit. He loves you. He will never ever let you down if you put your trust in him. When you think of all the situations in life you go through which are just difficult, and you think, I can't praise God, in that moment you can say to yourself, know that Yahweh is God. He's faithful to his promises, and that never changes. So that's one concrete post you put in the ground, saying, I can cling to that when everything else changes, because that never changes. He's a covenant God, and he's faithful, always. So then notice the second name that's used here. Know that Yahweh is Elohim. If you go back to the Genesis that we were thinking of this morning, the harvest service, remember that first verse of Genesis chapter 1 that I, I was explaining? In the beginning, God... Well, that word God there is Elohim. And it's the name of God that's associated with God being a creator. The great creator and sustainer of all things. Um, that's exactly what the reading from Colossians was about at the beginning of the service. Through him all things were made, and by all things he holds them together. It's an amazing statement of God as a creator. And do you see that in verse 3? It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people the sheep of his pasture. So again, you've got that one stake in the ground when life is difficult. Yahweh, the covenant God, who's faithful to his promises, he's rescued me and that can never be taken away from me. I belong to him. No matter what happens, I'm never, ever, ever going to be taken from his hand. Security. And then you've got another post this side. He's Elohim. He's the creator, the sustainer, the one who gives me everything I enjoy. When you hold those two posts down in your life, and you look at them every day, they give us great reason to be thankful, don't they? A covenant God who's faithful to his promises and a loving creator who's given me everything I enjoy. Some of you will have heard of an American called Philip Yancey. He's written some books. and He's a really readable writer. And he wrote this one. I've never forgotten it. Because I love walking up mountains and, and going exploring the outdoors. I love this little quote. But he said, as an observation, isn't it a terrible thing to be awed and have no one to thank? You know, I, I've sometimes gone up mountains, beautiful places, been skiing, been on beautiful holidays, and I've been with people before, and they can look out at Victoria Falls in Zambia and say, isn't that the most stunning place I've ever been? But that's where it ends. Or the most amazing spread of food is out on the Christmas table with all your friends and family around you, and you go, this is just amazing, I love this. But that's where it ends. Or you have that day with your closest friends and family around you and you just have such a laugh at a great party. But the laugh and the party is where it ends. And yet Philip Yancey says, 
What a sadness if that is the end of it, if you're awed, if you say, wow. But you haven't got anyone to thank for the wow. And yet as Christian believers, it is not true that we do have someone to thank. We have the covenant faithful God and we have the loving creator who's given us all of these things. So to try and ground that this week and help you, um, I did this when I was at college last year for some of the students and we, we had a great time praying. I just put together a little sheet um, which um, some of the young, young guys have handed out for us. And this is sort of a bit of homework for you. I don't know if you've ever been set homework in church before, but this is a bit of homework. What I'd love you to do is to take this away with you. Try in the busyness of your week to find 20 minutes, half an hour, on your own somewhere. And if you're saying, now I can't, I'm too busy, you're too busy, because this really matters, okay? Try and find half an hour, and just sit quiet on your own, and try and scribble something next to as many of these different statements as you can. Perhaps can't write one for everything. Maybe your life circumstances mean that some of these things are all true. But for as many as you can, and then just turn some of what you've scribbled on that page into prayers. Now, I did this once last year when I was a bit down and I realised I'd become a bit sort of inward looking. And I did this exercise and it just lifted my heart and my mind completely outside of myself. And I just started praying and thanking God for stuff. And I didn't want to stop. I had to go to a lecture and I had to stop. But it's a great thing to do and if we can cultivate this kind of spirit of thankfulness in our heart always reminding ourselves of Psalm 100 and those two stakes in the ground a faithful covenant God and a loving creator that will foster within each of us a spirit that wants to be thankful to an amazing God who's blessed us so richly every day just to end uh, in a moment we're going to have a bit of time uh, showing the Lord's Supper together and remembering particularly here the covenant faithfulness of God and thanking him for all that he's done for us, what his death and resurrection mean for us. I just want to end with a, a short story of a man um, I knew called Stanley. Uh, he was a much older man and he was well into his 80s and um, he was in the previous church I was at. He was in my home group and we got to know him and his wife Pauline really well. And he contracted motor neurone disease uh, and it's a really terrible um, illness and very debilitating and you just saw his slow steady decline. Well, I became very close to Stanley. He became like a second grandfather to me, really. I used to go and meet up with him once a week just to read the Bible with him uh, and encourage him. And it started taking him for a very short walk across the nursing home where he stayed. And he got to the point when he couldn't get out of his room. And then he got to the point where he couldn't get out of his bed. And then he got to the point where he couldn't even speak. And it was really sad seeing him slowly, his life slowly slipping away. But I spent time with him. And these truths we've been thinking of tonight Every time I read Psalm 100, I think of Stanley. Because his life was so incredibly difficult and so frustrating. He'd been a missionary and a doctor in Africa. He had been such an active man in his youth. And the last days of his life were just so humiliating for him. But these two pillars I've been talking about, you just saw them shine through him. He, he trusted in the covenant faithfulness of God and he trusted that God was a loving creator. And even when his life was slipping away from him and you could see how much pain he was in, how frustrated he was, people stopped visiting him and he got very lonely. He was one of the most thankful men I ever met. I asked him, how are you? And eventually he couldn't speak so he'd write it on a bit of paper. He never once complained. It's probably something to do with the slightly more stoic generation. I think that generation have a lot to teach our younger generation about being thankful. But I've just never forgotten that. And I spoke at Stanley's funeral. And I spoke on... Uh, Revelation chapter 21 and 22 the great picture of hev the heavenly city where we're all going and I remember giving thanks for his life and reminding each person who was there that Stanley was an amazing example of someone who was thankful 
And I pray that whatever happens to me in my life, and I pray this for you, whatever happens in your life, that wherever we go, we will be like Stanley's, because we cling to the covenant faithfulness of God, and we cling to the loving Creator God. And I pray that this will be a real encouragement to us this week, and uh, I pray too that maybe in weeks to come we could share some encouragements of how God has been growing within us, within this church, a spirit of thankfulness.